So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll intro and uh, I fell. <laughs> well, it all started because we got this new Christmas tree and it turns out that the bottom of the tree, like it has this rubber band with this like clip where you can, it basically holds in the branches of the tree. Yeah. So it was like this new thing. And I told him about it when we first opened it up. Two months ago. <laughs> I remembered about it. I was like super excited about it. So I took a nap and I came back out and the tree was gone. So he brought down the boxes and packed up the tree, taped it up and put it back in the attic. So by the time I came back out, like there was no sign of the tree. So I told him, I was like, oh, did you use the, you know, the rubber band with the clip thing to hold the branches up? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's like that new thing I told you about it. He was like, no, I completely forgot. He was so upset. He was like all pissed off about it. (laughs) And he's like this OCD perfectionist. And he was like, well, I'm so pissed off now. I want to go back and I want to fix it. Because oh, I don't okay. want to mess the tree up. And I was like, Eli, it's fine. Like, it's already boxed up. Like, it's not a big deal. He was sitting here, like, having a fit on the couch. <laughs> the like, I was not having a fit. You were having your little bitch face. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, don't be ridiculous. Like, just let it go. Leave it alone. That We had the music on, his vinyl. And then me and the kids were sitting here in the living room, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, he disappears. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, I hear, help me! Help me! <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny now, but I ran I was so terrified. fast, and I had, to, I had to climb up this like ladder. Like in my pink fluffy slippers. I was like, I'm That she hates, she hates going up I hate it. It's like real, it's (laughs) not safe at all. (laughs) So I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I was like having a heart attack. And I see him and he's like on the floor. He's dying. (laughs) Writhing in pain. And I was like, oh, Oh, Eli, oh no, are you okay? And then he was like, I think I broke a rib. Like, as soon as he said he broke a rib, I was like, anybody can break a rib. Like, she got so or something. So anybody I was like, you're so fucking rib. stupid. I hear, like, some of the kids coming in, and they just laughed. They heard me yelling. <laughs> I was no longer scared for his life. I was just like, you're an idiot, I told you. So where, where did you fall? Where was the hole? Like, in, in what room? <laughs> oh, in the garage. Thankfully. Luckily, it was in the garage. Like, I walked in, oh. and I see our car there, and then I see, like, drywall on our hood. <laughs> and then I look up, and our Christmas tree is in our ceiling. He said his feet fell, like, straight through with the tree. <laughs> But by the time I got there, he took his feet out. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> that is dude, Like, it had so I known bad. he was going to be fine and, like, nothing And broken, it was just, like, I a little tiny. A like, a little tiny. Oh, my God. That would have been terrible. <laughs> it was just a little tiny square of just, there's nowhere to. It's just straight drywall, like, straight all the way down. A <laughs> tiny square? Yeah, it's, like, a tiny little no, bit. No, it's not tiny. No, it is. <laughs> and it was funny because I had told my <laughs> Tegan, my daughter, I took her up there because she's like, I want to go up there and see. So I was like, okay. So I held her hand, and I was taking her up there. I was like, 
yeah, like, don't step there. It said, you'll fall through. Don't step there. Like, <laughs> foreshadowing, but maybe, like, 20 minutes before the actual incident happens. <laughs> that's so funny. Dude, I was scared for my life. I'm not going to lie. It was scary. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. So I'm, right. glad okay. right. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. You. Uh, oh yeah. Thanks, Jocelyn, well, for the funny story. No yeah, straight up. Just yeah. call him the stubborn mule. Good take. That was a good That's take on it. <laughs> the Eli version of the story would have been, yeah, a little too. Uh, you probably would have taken, taken a little easy on yourself, maybe. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> it's good to get the true story, I guess. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me. Let's start the show. Thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. What's up, guys? Um, we've officially entered season two of Unsolved Mysteries. New year, new season. And our new and our season two as well. Yeah. Sure. We, well, uh, we have to write season two on the episode. Yeah. Golf clap. Yay! Golf clap. Yay! Okay. Um, this is a quite ex- quite an exciting episode. Um, I'd like to introduce myself. As always, I am David Howell. How the hell are you? I'm joined um, by my um, co-hosts every week. Daniel Benavidez, Rodan. How the fuck are you? Good, good. Is it co-hosts or cohorts? Cohorts, cohorts, co-hosts, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, and we got Eli joining Me. us. Elias Dominguez, of course, always in the beautiful Dallas, uh, Texas area. Uh, I'm sore as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, heard, we heard a little bit from you today. All right. And um, our special uh, guest today, um, ex- self-proclaimed expert in the expert in the unexplained. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I just said that. Um, we're here with Corey Jimenez again. Corey J. What's up, Yay. dude? What's up, guys? Thanks yeah, for having yeah. me back so soon. Oh yeah, you said you wanted some aliens, and oh yes. boy, and this episode I- knocked. Uh, got two birds stoned at once. Yeah, two birds stoned at once. Yep. I Lost th- loves category. <laughs> and the unexplained. Do, do you like the Lost Love stories? Well, we'll get into that when we get into that, because I have some issues with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the uh, the title for that one was a little uh, misused, but that's fine. Anyway, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> a couple things that Robert Stack starts the episode with, He's very. it's very positive. Um, this is pretty interesting. He says 34 cases were solved in their first year hmm. because of the show. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Hell of a feat. And he's like... Everybody tuned in. Yeah. Well done. Did, yo, did you tune in to that Unsolved Mystery show? Yeah. That program? Good. They that talked program? about Son of Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy, get that? this. Get this. A guy <laughs> murdered a bunch of people because his dog told him to. His dog, man. His, his dog. dog. His dog? And, and guess where he's from? <laughs> Yonkers. He's right <laughs> there in Yonkers. He went bonkers in Yonkers. Oh, yeah. Down there at the at MacArthur Park in Yonkers. I think I got the name of that the, right. at the, by, by the aqueduct. Right by the aqueduct. <laughs> 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 uh, 
see episode, whatever episode that was for our shitty New York accents. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, um, and then we jump right into it. He's like, let me tell you about one of the cases we did solve. And we talk about scumbag extraordinary update on Charles Muley. And this is the guy who was head of the sex to crime, sex crimes division. Sex to crimes. He was the sergeant in charge of sex crimes in Slidell, Louisiana. And he was, yeah, he was raping this fucking 12 year old girl that he was counseling. He was a piece of fucking shit. What does it say? 25 counts of abuse with six different girls. And, um, and he went missing. He was on bail and he went missing. So it took him three years, and Robert Sack lets us know. We, I mean, we covered this when we talked about it, but this first season of season two is the update where they told us that they caught this fucker. And um, he only served seven years for yeah, 25 counts dude, with six different right? little girls. Yeah, that's total bullshit. Yeah, if, so if you ever see – like I said in the last episode that we talked about him, if you ever see Charles Mule in public – Punch uh, him in the dick. Pee in his punch juice him in cup. the dick. Just go ahead and pee in his juice cup. Spit in his eye. Yeah, punch him in the dick. He deserves Just it. Just slit his throat or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> I guess we can't. Yeah, I guess we can't really say murder him. Maybe let's not do that. No, I mean you don't want to like clean slit, but just you know, just something. Yeah, to scare him. <laughs> yeah, Give him an Italian tie. Whatever, man. You know the Stack Pack Army, which is a thing I just created. They might, you know, they're crazy fans. They might just go out and do it. It's like the Kiss Army, just hang out and instead of Kiss Nation, it's Stack Nation. Stack Nation. Yeah. Um, so hey, that should become my LLC name. Stack, Stack Nation. Stack Nation our fi- Productions. Our five fans that we have. <laughs> Thank you, Stack Nation, for listening this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, so uh, the first case of this uh, episode, the first real proper case, uh, is a Lost Loves case. And we're going to talk was. about this, about Mr. Jim Mead Jr. And his, and, and, and his father. And his sappy start to season two. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes, and his father, who's, who's a very... <laughs> With the wood teeth. Who's a very whistly man. Yeah, she's yeah. got a little whistle. She's very whistly. Yeah, I can't do that very well, but I, I used tried. to be able to do it, and then I got my <clears throat> teeth fixed. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> and then I got my porcelains. <laughs> then I got my porcelains. Then I got my porcelains, just like our first president. <laughs> <laughs> little history lesson. Um, all right, so this guy was in Vietnam, and apparently that place was shitty. I don't know. Who knew? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam's pretty bad. Vietnam fucking sucked, and or we Nash. all know it. Pretty it, bad. Yeah, it was fucking shitty. So <coughs> apparently one out of eight helicopter pods died because that was super fucking dangerous work. And then uh, Robert Stack's standing in a memorial, uh, I mean, in a cemetery for that honors the nurses that were killed during Vietnam. And that's what this story will be about. It's about a nurse and uh, a man that died in Vietnam. Uh, no, did not. She did not die. Um, in 19- so why was he at the cemetery? <laughs> yeah, that just... was a really odd location choice. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was great. It worked perfectly well. It 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 established the importance of the nurses that they have a memorial. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of alludes that you know the story's about a nurse that died in action mysteriously. They probably moved all those graves by now. There was a flood there. It was awful. Something happened. It was awful. Just floating dead nurses. Had to, <laughs> move, it. Had to move it somewhere They else. put homes there. I'm cutting all this out. <laughs> this is... <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Sorry. And just because I said that, I'm probably not... God damn it. They put, they put homes there. <laughs> yeah, it's There's a condominium. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. I forgot to take my Ritalin today, right? Oh, my gosh. That's bad. <laughs> Anyways, 
nurses were great and they were uh, very important to, you know, the war in Vietnam. Anyway, so in 1965, Jim Meade Jr. joins the Viet- joins Vietnam. He's in college. His father says no. He didn't really want him to, but he was determined. No one wanted him to. Yeah. Even his teachers. Yeah, they, they did say that. His oh, yeah, teacher. No one wanted such him a bright to go. Future, don't yeah. go. Just... Don't, don't do that. Don't go serve the country. Come on. Well, uh, and his dad Super says. The, a better way. His dad did say the war will be there after. The war will be there after. <laughs> yeah, his dad said the war will be here after you graduate. What was he, what was he, what is he going to school for? Uh, I don't know what he was going His to clown college. For. Yeah, he was. A, <laughs> he was just really good. The world needs you now. He was uh, He was enrolled in the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey. People need to laugh, college. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so he joined Vietnam. <laughs> uh, oh, we're so going to hell. <laughs> no, okay. It's a happy ending. Yeah. He got his wings and he was an army helicopter pilot in the year, by the year 1967. Um, but... He, unfortunately, he only served like three months in Vietnam. He was shot down two times and went back, and the third time was the dude bad right? time, right? Isn't that it, some shit? Right? Okay, in after three getting months. shot down twice, come dude, on, right? you're gonna go back a third time. Yeah, I know. Fuck, <sighs> that shit sounds terrifying. Adam, he's, yeah, he's the true hot shot, I man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would what I would have done. So May of that year, 1967, his parents get word that Jim was seriously ill in the seriously ill ward, I think is what they called it. They received a letter notifying that um, that he had been placed on the seriously injured list. And, and they didn't really know much more than that. Um, I, think it, I think it might have said something about a fractured skull. Yeah. Yeah. And it then did. his dad whistled his way through this sad story. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. It was really, it, it, it was really sad. It was really sad. It was super. It yeah, was, yeah. It, it was. So, so his dad tells a story about when they show up to the hospital and he sees like a, a gurney with a horribly mangled soldier. He just tore all to hell. Yeah, tore all to hell. Oh god. And he thought to himself, "That poor bastard." Yeah, that poor that bastard. Poor bastard. And then they show him, and then they're like, "Here, here, we have your son." And of course, it was it was his son. There was the that, tore all to hell. My son was that boy on the gurney. Yeah, it was fucking awful. It's really rough, and and, and the reenactment is like I don't know. It's not very sensitive. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's bad. I don't know. The 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 kid in the bed just sounds like he's finishing. He doesn't sound like he's. <laughs> He doesn't sound like he's any sort of pain. He just continuously. Oh, God. Uh, and not finishing, finishing. life. <laughs> not yeah. finishing life. No. He just uh, keeps on <laughs> coming back around. <laughs> no offense to the Meads at all, Jim Mead, great no. dude. But uh, this, we're fine. talking about the reenactment. The reenactment, the reenactment, of course. Yeah, that's some serious. But this is this is the reenactment. <laughs> I'm critiquing like the reenactment. He sounded like. He sounded like he was he, finishing. <laughs> If he had if he had died, it would be a different oh, story. Dude. We'd be like, oh, this is this is borderline. Like, well, if he died, it wouldn't be a lost like, love. But, but he's, fine. Be, he's, you know, fine. he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Um, apparently, life. apparently, a helicopter rotor blade fractured his skull. That's <clears throat> fucking crazy. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and so he was in a coma. And and they had this really good idea to put him um, in an amputee ward with a bunch of conscious soldiers, and they just said, talk to this guy like he's, you know. Not in a coma. Yeah, like he was there. Apparently, yeah. he was really good at blackjack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that reenactment that that one, I didn't that one didn't bother me. He's like, "Hey, what do you want to do now, Jim?" And they're just you like, sure "They're just clean trying up to, at blackjack, Jim." Yeah, they're just trying to talk to him. It's, it's, I don't know. That was cool. Shuffleboard, Jim. <laughs> Shuffleboard. <laughs> oh, it's Thursday. It's bowling night. <laughs> Football. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> so eventually he woke up after being talked to by these friendly amputees and uh, 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 friendly soldiers and and uh, um, he came out of it but he didn't remember who he was and he had no motor functions and he was just like he couldn't do anything yeah like an infant like an adult he infant. was a, he was a man baby he was a real man baby <laughs> yeah yeah he was saying he, he woke up and he didn't know how to talk or walk or he had no idea how to walk and anything. do nothing. He had no motor skills whatsoever. Yeah. And uh so and in comes nurse Lieutenant uh Lieutenant Stevens, the nurse, and she was this lady who would give him physical therapy one hour a day only because she had so many other patients. But she would <clears throat> get on the mat and literally taught him to crawl, like do everything from the ground up. And like uh, a baby. Yep, just like a baby. And then she even tells the story. He even tells the story about uh, about um, her yelling at these dudes that were like making fun of him because what yeah. he couldn't a bunch yeah. of like, fucking assholes, especially, right? They it's called him a fucking turtle. <clears throat> they did. Hey, man, <laughs> you look like a turtle. Guy looks like a turtle. Yeah, you look like a turtle. <laughs> and it's really fucked up because like they were their injuries was they had sprained ankles from paratrooping <laughs> training. God bless. It's like, you motherfucker, like, you guys are in boot camp. This bitch just fucking came back from the war, and you're going to do that yeah. shit? Three yeah, so <laughs> Three times. Fuck? So Lieutenant Stevens just fucking, like, gave him the business. Oh, she had a mouthful. Oh, she, no. She, oh, no, she didn't. She. Oh, yes, yeah, she did. And she shook her fist. Mm-hmm. She, she wiggled her finger in disapproval. <clears throat> she threatened yeah. their lives. <laughs> and then uh, I guess we'll cut to the sweet inspirational montage of dude, um, right? That montage though, yeah. Oh, uh, and like learning how to grab stuff and like to like you know use his hands and stuff. It was like very very eighties esque montage. So uh, at the end of this eighties montage with the corniest, coolest eighties music, um, um, the uh, the parents uh, like well. They talk about how she can only uh, do so much because she has so many patients. So the parents take him home and start working with him based on, you know, Lieutenant Stevens' ideas or whatever, like how to get the kid, how to get him working again. And um, to the point where he even said, like, yeah, you know, I would just try to get better so I could show her my progress. And then one day he goes and sh- uh, to, you know, the physical therapy and she says that she's leaving the army. She never saw him recover fully. So he pretty much recovered fully, and he's like a clinical psychiatrist or psychologist. I don't remember. He's a PhD. Yeah. So he made a full recovery and got like educated, and um, and yeah, he's the guy telling the story. And basically, yep. he wants to find this nurse who helped him, you know, face all this shit and look it in the eye and overcome it and all that. You know junk. what I noticed about him too? He. Uh, talks kind of like his father. Right. I guess wooden teeth are hereditary in their family. <laughs> wooden teeth, yeah. Or it's just kind of like a mushed mouthish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mouth. So the morning after, <laughs> the morning after the broadcast, Kathy Bates calls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, right? I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. <laughs> Kathy Bates calls and says, "Hey, I um." That's me. Rick. No, the, <laughs> it's a lady. Hey, that's me. Lieutenant Stevens. Um, I didn't get her real name. The, it, Stevens was her Karen, maiden name. Le- Le- Lieutenant Karen Stevens. Is yeah. Her name. So she said she was watching this and she was like, hey, I recognize that guy. And then they real- and then she realized that they were looking for her. And then she said, I realized this was going to be more than just a TV show I was going to watch. <laughs> I 
Okay. It's just more than a program. Yeah, I think that was Kathy Bates improving, but <laughs> I think it's. I, I I feel like they just really really wanted to make it into a love story. Yeah, well, they, like really, they did. really wanted. to Oh make no, it into I didn't think that. No. Well, it's lost no. loves. No, well, no, that's just that's just the what they call like war mm-hmm. stories of I, people uh, of like people that like the way they misconnection. I, no, I agree with Corey. I think I honestly. No, I didn't. I, get, be, I didn't get I, that at all with the music and everything. No, I was. Feeling I gotta that. be honest. I gotta be honest because he has this quote in the segment where he says that most people would look at her and say that she's changed, but to him, she stayed the same. That was such a and, weird statement. Like, well, you don't know how she looked. You don't know how she looked because the 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 girl they use is just does not look like it's an actress for a reenactment. Not at all. It's an actress for a reenactment. She looks nothing like. Maybe yeah, it, that was just Jim's portrayal. Like, oh, she's she's basic, hot, like <laughs> petite little girl. They like, filmed the story mm. before they found tight, they, before tight they found buns. Really. Yeah, <laughs> it's like people say that my recollection's weird, but I swear she was hot. Yes, she was a real. She was like Sybil <laughs> Shepherd. Yeah, I don't know what he was trying to say with that. Statement. I remember the sponge baths. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had to make up all that other stuff because his mind was in the gutter when he was retelling right. the story. We got to cut all that out. You know, Unsolved Mysteries does all those cuts too. So, so they, <laughs> so they reunite and it's really sweet. And then he says that weird statement about like how she's she's just the same as she ever was or whatever. And then, um, and then she says, like, oh, I, I had very little to do with his recovery. You know, it was, it was like there was a lot of people. She, she even kind of, like, shits on the story after the fact. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, she I, just, I didn't notice she's it like, the first time. I was just time. a nurse. Like, yeah, she said. I, I did my job. That's she it. She said there was a lot of people involved with Jim's recovery. I, she, no. I was, she said I was just a small part. <laughs> That's so funny that you said about Kathy Bates because the entire time I have her picture up right here next to me. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, Jesus, she looks like Kathy Bates. I'm glad this one was first. Um, because now the we're... The next one. This is now the foreplay. The... This is the foreplay before the Roswell. <laughs> yeah, dude, straight two. up foreplay. But like, if foreplay was like watching Murder, She Wrote before, you just straight up do nasty sex. <laughs> yep. That was like, that story was like your, uh, your boneless wings before your baby back rib platter comes. Your riblet platter comes to the table. Hey, I like wings. All the flavors. I don't know about boneless wings. Yeah, it's a juicy story. Basically, drenched chicken nuggets. Mm. Oh, man, I'm so full because Eli bought Oh, yeah, how was that food? Eli Uber eated us. Uber Uber ate us. (laughs) Eli Uber (laughs) ate us out. (laughs) He returned the favor. And honestly, I thought thought he he had sent me a text earlier in the day, and he said, what did he say? Like, Go to Dan's hungry or something. Go to Dan's house and be hungry. Be hungry. And I thought, I thought, like, oh, I was like, okay, he's gonna just send us, you know, a couple of burgers. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely wasn't expecting a boatload of meat, (laughs) a boat of beans. Oh yeah, Uh, we each had a vat of of refried, delicious (laughs) refried beans. I'm Um, so mad that they forgot the rice. For some context, the last time we did a podcast and had Corey on, um, we our Skype call after the podcast continued into the night until. Corey ordered Uber Eats for Eli for McDonald's to be delivered to his humble abode in the middle of the night, like 1 a.m. Yep. 2, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Needless to say, his 1 wife for was us. less than happy about it. It, mm. it was glorious. She was confused, probably. But, um, yeah, so Eli returned the favor, but I got to give you some credit because Corey by himself sent you one meal and you bought 
you had to feed all of us about bar- three large men. Meal. <laughs> well, see, if I know Eli, I know what that means. That means that you guys we now own. have to owe. <laughs> you each owe him. <laughs> no, you guys don't owe me anything. <laughs> you each owe him something. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to pay tribute in various ways. Yeah, you all have to pay tribute. I think there's an IHOP near there, so send him some like <laughs> fucking Fourth of July crepes when the time comes. Yeah, around just like the, shit. Just later, like the later. most sugar-filled. Yeah, I'll cash this in French later. It's red, toast. white, and blue waffles. No, I yeah. wanted to do something nice for you guys. I, I'm sad that I'm never get to be there with you. So this is more of like a never hey, get to be here with I us. Love you. We well, did you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I feel like we hang out every week. I understand what he's saying. Yeah, but we still. do hang out every week, but it's it's different. I'm not with you. I'm not like in the same room with you. Eh. It's kind of better that way. You don't have to smell the smells. It's very hot in here. <laughs> yeah, we can. That's true. It, yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right. So let's get in. Let's get into the granddaddy of all conspiracies, mm. the yeah. beginning of U- of the UFO phenomenon as we know it in the current times. We are talking about fucking Roswell bitches. <laughs> Ooh, we're going yeah. OG. This is we're going seven. What did you? And we're going you get into deep. It, what did you? What did you know about Roswell before you uh, heard this story? Before you saw the story? Um, I knew the story, but not like in this. Um, um, order, yeah, and I didn't know the cast of characters as well as I feel like I do yeah. now. But uh, yeah, I had heard it, but not like like you know, it's like watching A New Hope when you're like a little kid, mm. and then this was like watching Star Wars A New Hope as like a twenty year old and being like, "Whoa, yeah, this is way cooler than I thought." Hmm, Dan, <laughs> uh, I know it's a tourist trap in New Mexico. Oh yeah, what about you, Eli? What did you know about it? Um, That's I it. knew. I knew very yeah exactly. I knew very I knew little. That it I happened. was surprised. I didn't know any of the people involved. I had watched a few like weird documentaries. Yeah. Um, growing up, my brother was really into like aliens and stuff, so I would watch like documentaries with him. But growing oh, up, cool. that was about it. I just knew that it had happened. I never been to the museum. Um, still haven't. I need to go. Yeah. yeah. No, I've never been. I mean, I've driven through we like, four times. None of us have been to the Roswell Museum, and, and we live like. Thirty, 30 minutes, away. thirty minutes away from New Mexico, and three yeah, hours away from Roswell. Yeah, but still, Roswell. It's Roswell. I mean, it's cute. It's cute what they've done with it since the <laughs> crash. But it's cute. It's cute with since they, the crash. Were yeah. you there? Were you, were you <clears throat> there pre nineteen forty seven? Well, I can only imagine what the fuck it was before. I mean, to see it now post crash, no disrespect, <laughs> but to see it now post crash, and then you can only, <laughs> what did it do for the city? I think New Mexico has uh, a bad rep of being. Uh, Mad Methy, yo. Hmm. It's the land of enchantment. The land yeah, of that's Mad- why it's so enchanted. The, it's land, the, of it, the land, the of land of land of endangerment. Meth, endangerment. Yeah, but see, I don't know. I I've like never it. seen any meth being done in New Mexico, and I've been there a couple of times. I've never I've had a bad a time in New Mexico. You're just thinking about uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> I mean, but sometimes <laughs> we drive down to you know. Sometimes we'll go um, to get you know hatch where the you know the the mm, best green chilies. Delicious in the whole world chili. Yep, or go gamble up in Rio Doso. Oh yeah. Mm. Rio Doso comes up in this story. Um, we used to, hang, no out, hatch, we used to hang out in Albuquerque. Uh, Corey and I used to hang out oh, a yeah. lot in New Mexico. I used to take him with me on my little road, yeah. mini road trips Las to go Cruces. work. And then we'd 
go slam margaritas uh, at my brother's place. So twisted, man. So twisted. Straight up. So twisted. We get twisted. How old are you? Oh, no. We used to get some twisted teeth. We used to get so twisted. We used to get twisted because this is back when, like, we were in, like, our early, like, mid-20s. So back then, that's what we used to call it, like, getting twisted. Early, early 20s, I would say. 21, 22. Twisted. Yes. So how early would you get twisted? He would pick me up. He would pick me up at, like, 9 a.m. sometimes. It's and we drive to Las Cruces, or we drive to Alamogordo. <laughs> if we went to Alamogordo, we really didn't stop anywhere to drink, but we would just buy no. <laughs> 30 packs of Rolling Rock because they had 30 because packs of Rolling Rock, and we'd never seen them before. And, and then when we go to Las Cruces, when we go to Las Cruces, he would go do a job, and then we'd go to, what was it, my brother's place? <laughs> do a job. It was like if I killed somebody. <laughs> he used to make me wait in the car while he ran inside the bank. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all true. He would, I this swear to God. And like sometimes he'd be in there for a few minutes. Sometimes That's he'd be so in there for like funny. an hour or so. And then he'd like run out, and then like we'd go get, uh, we'd go get <laughs> drunk somehow. And like we would either go get margaritas and chips yeah. and salsa at this Abs- my brother's absolutely. place, or we would go and buy a thirty rack, a thirty pack of Rolling Rock or PBR because we hadn't seen that. Yeah, we did. PBR was new PBR there. to us. Well, this was like point. how long ago? This was like maybe Weird. seven years ago, eight years ago. Dude, yeah, they yeah, it was. Have yeah, PBR. yeah. So and, and yeah, so it was like we'd come back with it and we'd go to parties with these thirty packs of these beers and people would be like, "What? The you guys are <laughs> so cool. Where the fuck did you guys come what from? What is this PBR? You're the original you guys, hipster. Rolling Rock in New York? New Yorkers? And just like no, it's like sixteen dollars in Las Cruces. Not not just that, Corey. But remember, we used to also go get liquor from grocery stores over there because for those of you that don't know, Texas does not not sell liquor inside grocery stores. And, and, and for nice. context, uh, Eli was an IT guy for a bank. He didn't actually <laughs> yes. didn't rob banks. I didn't go do jobs. <laughs> oh, I did, funny I, part of the story. But we should talk about Roswell. Oh um, yeah, let's get right, back. To so this. let's let's get into this. <laughs> the big old bad daddy of them all. <laughs> all right, this is good. Um, how do we how do we start such a tale? Um, Picture it. Picture this, motherfucker. <laughs> Roswell, 1947. 1947. 1947. Actually, yeah, July 2nd, there was, a sh- there was an electrical storm over the desert. And I, 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 something I didn't know about this is um, a lot of people around the states in different parts of the world, they don't see electrical storms. They don't even see lightning yeah. sometimes. That's not how storms work. But we get a lot of, like, crazy, insane lightning, and it's pretty really? cool. In the desert, yeah, oh, yeah. it's yeah, not a, yeah. it's Here not a normal thing around the whole uh, world. Yeah, around the whole world, not even yeah, even nationally. Um, That's but, something I didn't know either. Yeah, so there's crazy uh, there's crazy electrical storms on this night. So it's 1947, <laughs> crazy electrical storm outside, and Mac Brazel is held up in his remote ranch house with no running water, no electricity, as he waits out the storm. His neighbor Loretta Proctor. Says that he was a dependable cowboy, and she would have believed everything. The, all this story is coming from Loretta, so who the fuck knows? Actually, a lot of the, this Roswell story, this beginning shit, comes from Loretta Proctor because everyone she's ever known is now dead, and Holy well, at God. least was in 1989. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah, it's whatever. So it's fucked up. <laughs> so um, basically, it's a uh, during the thunderstorm, he hears a loud thunderclap, and he thought it was it was. Sounded odd. He he also explained it to some other people as a loud crash. The next day, according to his son, Mac went to find uh, some rainfall, fresh places for his livestock, and then he found the debris field. 
Um, according to all these accounts, this was a th- fucking this. Um, it was about three fourths of a mile long and about two hundred to three hundred feet wide of just random light plastic material, flexible metal, flexible beams, shiny pieces with little weird fucking geometric hieroglyphics. Algebra. Geometric hieroglyphics. Wait, did I just make up a word? No, you didn't. That was perfect. Is that real? (laughs) That's real. Geometric hieroglyphics? Geometric hieroglyphics. I think you said those guys. They said that the shapes were like, yeah, like shapes. It was like, you know, like Egyptian drawings, but like with geometric shapes and shit. Yeah. So, so Mac Brazel find there. It's all this weird shit that to us, <laughs> to us, like actually, um, um, later he he brings it home to his. Uh, no, he brings it to the neighbors. He uh, who lived his closest neighbors, Floyd and Loretta Proctor, who lived like ten miles away from him. He shows them this material. And Loretta even says, like, she's like, now I would say it looks like plastic, but there was no plastic back then. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 1947, no plastic? Yeah. Uh, So she's like, so it looked like a light wood is what I would explain it back then. (laughs) That's so fucking nuts. So so apparently they, like, they were cutting it and trying to burn it, but it wouldn't burn. It wouldn't. Or what? I don't know. The way she said it was funny. Nothing happened. It was like she said she compared it to a piece of wood also. Yeah, like a light piece of wood. Didn't know what it was. Just like a piece of a rod. They tried to cut it up and they tried to burn it. So he reported it to the sheriff, and and the Unsolved Mysteries episode makes it seem like the sheriff went right to the Roswell uh, Army base, which is not totally true. Other stories, he was apparently like the sheriff didn't take him seriously at all. He was like, "What the hell? Like you're, that's ridiculous." And um, apparently, a news reporter, like a news station reporter, uh, radio, I think it was a radio reporter, had called the sheriff on a slow news day to see if there's anything interesting. Mm. And and the sheriff had given him Mac Brazel's info, and then this reporter wow. told Mac Brazel to report it to the Roswell Army base. Wow. And but that's you know that could be bullshit too. I don't know. That that was not what was presented on the Unsolved <coughs> Mysteries episode. I, but I feel like they have to like you know get through the story. Yeah, quick. they got to condense so it. They got to get I through it. I always thought it's, that this happened over like the span of like twenty four hours. Like it just like <laughs> happened like yeah. one night. Well. And by daybreak, it was oh, yeah. like already. That's like, what oh, I always shit. thought too. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. So um, all, all this happened. This was this was like two days after. Like when, once he goes into Roswell. Yeah. This actually happened closer to I, uh, uh, another place. I forget the name of it. Corona, I think. I kept on thinking, like, how the, how the fuck did like no one else hear about this? Or like, how did how did this not spread like wildfire? Well, but then I remembered they didn't have like phones. Like, like it's not like. And Mac Brazel didn't have shit. He was yeah. like a farmer. He that, lived in that, a, that lived he, ten miles from his neighbor. He lived in a hut. And, alone in yeah, town. Yeah. Yes. N- not just that, but he went to his neighbors, and they regretted not. going going to see yeah. the crash site. They said that had they known had they, now in hindsight they would they said we wish we would have gone to see it but we didn't we didn't go. We just you know we tried to burn what he brought us and it didn't work and that was it. So Mac um leads these two army officers to the site and um and then and in walks Jesse Marcel who's also one of the heroes one of the figureheads, like him, Mac Brazel, so, so far two characters that are a big part of this. He was the army officer who went in there and was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" And he said he would bend stuff and it would go back, and and uh, yeah, that th- this this material that was as thick as the tinfoil on a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> like 
was unbreakable, and they said they were smacking at it with like a with like oh, a sledgehammer and team pound sledgehammer, and it wouldn't <laughs> bend or dent. They oh, that's what they said. Yeah, they couldn't crumble it up. And this is all coming from Jesse Marcel from like a interview from when he was like an old man, right? This yeah. is like right before he passed away. Yeah, the uh, the sound that it makes, I think. like in the reenactment of them slamming, it's actually kind of cool. It's kind of weird. He's like. So that night, he loads up this debris in his truck, presumably taking it to uh, the army base at Roswell. But he right makes before, a pit stop, right? <laughs> right before he does that, he shows up to his house, wakes up his family at two a.m. and is like, "Look what I found!" <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the story of fourteen-year-old Jesse Marcel Jr. handling all this shit, and he gives us all—he gives us the story about like the beam covered in symbols. Um, and it was like a light purple color and it was embossed in these, in these like beams. And he said, like, he's like, I wouldn't believe this shit if I didn't actually hold it in my hand. And he didn't even seem too old in 1989. He was probably like in his like, what, fifties, late fifties, maybe. So that was pretty wild, (laughs) but it's also pretty irresponsible that he just like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like just didn't go straight to where he was supposed to. But Take they this didn't to my know house what... and let my kid put his chubby digits all over it. Yeah, but <laughs> dirty didn't... fingerprints. His chubby they... digits. Uh, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think uh, aliens were a part of this conversation yet. Oh, absolutely they... not. No. But not yet. I don't know. Some from other accounts, it's different. So who knows? You know, there's so many different variations. I of could. This. I mean, that's totally. To, we're, we're presenting the unsolved mysteries thing first of all, <clears> and then we're, we'll probably go over some other shit. So. Well, next we're introduced to the 509th Bomb Squad, the only uh, nuclear bomb squad at the time, right? Yeah. Which is also another theory that we'll probably get into, that aliens are only around places with nuclear weapons. Uh, That's where the most abductions and crashes and sightings happen. That's a fun little conspiracy. Hmm. So Colonel Blanchard went public with this fucking story. This guy, like, called up and said, yep, you know, the, the government found a flying saucer, yeah. which is so weird. I I, I want to know more. I want to know more about that decision. I'm sure there's like books and stuff that I haven't read, but like the for them to go public with this story in the first place is just so like, weird, right? It, it well, almost I mean, seems like disinformation, right? Well, you don't know, like you don't know what it is. You don't know what the fuck you saw. So of course you're gonna just kind of yeah. if no one's if no one's really sure about what you have in front of you. You're just gonna speak on it, however you're gonna, however you're gonna speak on it. And the basic gist of the story was government found flying saucer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, like, if a mysterious cube were to appear tomorrow, like in Duluth. Duluth. Shout out to Duluth. Duluth. Shout out to Duluth. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it'd be like, oh, mysterious cube, glowing cube found. Up in Duluth. Up in Duluth, right? All up in Duluth. And so it'd be all over the place. Yeah. It'd be all over social media. And then, like, within, like, an hour or so, then, you know, there'd probably be, like, a whoa. It'd be like, oh, what's his name? Nothing. It was a weather box or some bullshit. It's like the new a weather box. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a, a weather a, balloon? Yeah, a it's weather like a weather box. box. <laughs> so, so next we get flying saucers into the story. A soil conservation service engineer. Um, fucking mouthful of a name. Hey, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a soil con- conservation service engineer. I play in dirt. <laughs> I play. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I play in dirt. I play I'm in dirt. dirt. I'm in dirt. dirt. What about you? <laughs> I'm in dirt. What do you mean? I I'm play. A, I play in dirt. It's it's my life. <laughs> I'm in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I play in dirt. So, Mister Mister, I play in dirt. Um, 
just uh, stumbles upon an actual crash saucer with the f- with four beings strewn strewn out, um, you know, 10, 15 feet away. Um, scattered. Scattered. Def's not alive. Mo's Def dead. Ugh. Yeah. Real, real dead. Yeah. And apparently this was like an oval-shaped deal. It wasn't – it was less – it was more like, uh, yeah, spherical than the typical flying saucer. And, um, yeah, all these these four beings were laid out across the ground. Ooh, baby. And then yeah. who and comes up next? Well, not just that, but their their heads looked larger than normal. They had strange suits yeah. on. Yeah, big head, odd clothing, and then, yeah. and then typical grays, and then who, yes, and then who comes walking up the hill next? Bunch of nerds, bunch of archaeology students looking for dinosaurs, looking for dinosaurs, dinosaurs, <laughs> dinosaurs. That dinosaur Back in the day, DNA. looking for dino DNA, <laughs> dino DNA, <laughs> and they and so this fucking soil conservation fuck and these archaeologist kids. <laughs> Both arrive before the government, and the go- uh, and the army shows up right after, and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And apparently, they like scare them and to not talking. And we only hear this story because of of a great friend of this soil conserve cons- the soil guy. We only hear this story because of soil guy's buddy. Yes, who loved his buddy, man. He had he fought for soil. He fucking loved that man. Yeah, he did. His like, I believe every word that this man tells me because I can tell that. He trusted this dude. He had a glimmer <laughs> in his eye. Yeah. I think it was more than just... Con- that should have been a, a separate lost love story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe in a future season. That Maybe maybe that's season three. <laughs> or seven. Who knows? Unsolved gets progressive. Soil conservation isn't the only service he provided. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I went back on my notes to tell that joke, and I, I'm ashamed. So, anyways, <laughs> so so we get this story secondhand because he said that um, he was like they were pretty much told they were debriefed not to ever, you know, disclose any of what they saw to anybody ever. Period. Damn. And uh, yeah, that's scary. That is fucking scary. But at least they didn't you kill talk. him. You know. I think now they'd probably kill you. Maybe they'd get with you. It's just easier. If you just walk in, yeah, I mean, with social like media if, and everything, like it's if just we're taking a, to kill if you. we're taking a date, like if we're taking a hike. And then, like, we just come up on a crash. Like yeah. A, After that, Will Smith showed up with his little device and wiped the neuron. He's like, nebulizer. I just want to go kick E.T.'s ass. <laughs> like, no, that's not what. They come in peace. I think if now, like, if, if we were walking through the desert and we stumbled, like, if we were hiking and then we stumbled upon a, a UFO, a spacecraft <laughs> or something like that. My biggest fear, my biggest fucking fear, my, well, my first reaction would be like, well, you got to get the fuck out of here because whoa. I would think, whoa, <laughs> we got to go because I think nowadays they're more inclined to shoot you on the spot. Oh, I'll shoot sure. you. Here's yeah. what I would do. We're if I found I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about extraterrestrials, bro. I would take a picture. I'm talking about the I government. I would take a video <laughs> and then I would send it to all of you and then I would, I would definitely not report it to anybody but you guys. Well, I sure as shit would not put it on my. F- I would sure as shit not take a picture of it. I was sure. Oh sh- no, I would definitely take a picture of it and I would send it to you. I'd put it on my podcast you. and get killed by the government. <laughs> I'd do this for you guys. <laughs> you yeah. guys are a bunch of posers. <laughs> just kidding. No, and, that that's just scary, dude. I can you can never think about like if someone was just like you fucking say anything about this, you know, you're dead. You're fucking. You're gone. erased. Your children's children will be dead. You know, yeah, like, we'll how erase the fuck you. Does that work? 
Oh, just because we <laughs> kill you, and then it just your lit your oh, bloodline just dies. Uh, okay, your bloodline right. is weak. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> all right. So July eighth, July eighth, five days after Brazel finds his thi- his shit, the story goes national because this colonel decided to, you know, tell this whole story. That's when the story got kind of confusing because they're like, like, oh yeah, they took the debris into different places, and then. That day, uh, a second crash site was uh, reported with, with, like, more alien bodies, and that's weird. And then um, pretty much right after that, right, I guess after more aliens were discovered, the the whole story is retracted and we get the whole weather balloon shit. Yeah. Well, they had to come up with something. And quick, I guess. I just want to know what went into the... What went into the decision to go public with the story? Like, of course, you know. I don't I think it, it might have just been excitement. Like, they didn't realize, like, you know, what this could have been. And it was hysteria. Like, not like hysteria, but, like, just like, hey, like, this is intriguing. If anyone sees something similar to this, like, speak up. Like, we'd, like, you know, kind of just like an interest piece. Not necessarily <clears throat> or whatever. But everyone's once, perplexed. But once hmm. the government realized, like, what they could gain from the situation, they're like, whoa, 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 Let, let's, yeah, or, let's redact that. Or just like, okay, one, that's weird, but, okay, now there's, like, a bunch, and uh, what the fuck? Why did we just say, why did yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. So, Brazel, okay, now we're going to go back to what's going on with Mac Brazel. He ha- uh, apparently, according to rumor, according to his neighbor, was being held at um, the Roswell base for, like, days and apparently his neighbor, Proctor Floyd, Floyd Proctor saw him, Floyd and another buddy saw him with a bunch of G-Man, a bunch of Air Force dudes surrounding him, and um, like walking through town, and that he w- he didn't acknowledge Proctor or anybody, and they, they thought it was weird, and the jo- the wife even, the wife even made a joke like, what like oh, maybe they were just wondering what he got himself into, oh, you know, just yeah. like, just a normal bat, you know, just a normal something with the law, no. you know, like a drunken night or something. Yeah, Bad true. enough to get uh, officers from the military down here to yeah, so, straighten you your ass so out. Drunk so drunk, the MPs had to come and straighten you. Yeah, out. well, you know, you know, yeah. So apparently, um, he never talked about this after he got out. Um, I did hear. I have heard in other stories of the Roswell incident that <laughs> he, after this, he had a brand new truck and he quit his job at a farm and started his own business. Hmm. Really? Yeah, but so they I, paid but him off. The government again, paid him off. I don't know. This is all secondhand. Check out the new book, Boning Proctor. He wanted to proctor. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to proctor. Oh, thank you, Corey. Okay. He wanted to proctor. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So he may or may not have been paid off by the government, and then uh, basically after. He uh, Proctor said that that he never would talk about it or you know what he was doing with the Air Force people, but he did say if he was ever to find something he wouldn't he wouldn't report it, and she just kind of yeah. laughed at it, <laughs> which is true. I would never report it, especially after I, that, fuck yeah. him, dude. Like I said, I would take a picture of it, send it to you, and I'd be done. Like I'd take it if, back to my house, <laughs> buried in your backyard. Do something with it. So this is when they say they took everything to right field. In Dayton, Ohio, and and that one of the bodies may may have gone to straight up to Langley, the CIA headquarters, and uh, some of it. Yeah, I mean they you know this is all guessing. They don't fucking know where anything went. No, they so, don't. So and now we're uh, gonna jump to 1984, uh, where we get where we 
Stack talks about the top secret document, the MJ-12 document. MJ-12, Majestic-12, there's 12 people that were pretty much put in charge with Roswell and everything to do with it. Like preventing it or learning from it or cleaning it up, just all that shit. 12 fucking people who like just decided to like do the full investigation of it or whatever. Took it into their hands. Yeah. And basically the document from 1984 said that saucer crash, four dead aliens, civilians debriefed, and the effective cover story of the balloon goes into place. And that's pretty much the gist of it. And um, no one really knows if that shit's real because the government has never said yes or no on that. I don't know about to this day, but probably not because that one's pretty – like it pretty much just says, yep, Roswell yeah, that's, happened. That's pretty damning. I, yeah. I think they probably to this day – Oh, for sure. Deny that's... or just not acknowledge it at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I 100% agree, Dan. So the end of this uh, segment, we meet uh, Miss Henderson. I forget her her name, but uh, we meet Oliver. She talks about her husband, Oliver Henderson, Pappy. Sweet Pappy. No, no. So he was a pilot, Pappy. And um, um, he was very good at his job, she said, and she's very trusted and trusted with a lot of s- tough stuff. And she said that um, he didn't tell – I didn't hear about any of this Roswell stuff till 34 years after it happened. So, you know – he was like a trusted airman, and he knew a lot. And I would, be, you know, if he told he told me that, and I believed him. I totally believed him. And basically, what he said is that he was the first pilot to take some wreckage from Roswell, out of Roswell. And he pretty much said the same thing about the uh, uh, small bodies, large heads, slanted eyes, weird clothing material, <laughs> um, and yeah, awkward in taste ni- of music. In 1981. He pretty much, which was right before he died, a couple of years, he told his wife what really happened. He confirmed it to his wife. I mean, just that's one more person. And she wouldn't shoot it down. She said that he was a very trustworthy man. Yeah, and she seemed nice. Yeah, she did. She seemed nice, so she it's seemed, real. <laughs> She's so sweet. She was so sweet. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, 100% agree that something um, happened. So I, I want to. A crash uh, of. Some sort. Yeah, so that's that's so basically the story. Now that Unsolved Mysteries has done that, now let's get down and dirty. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about, uh, like post the uh, Unsolved Mysteries sequence of events, is the um, the Proctor boy. Actually, these two boys, the Little Ranchers, as they're called in some Roswell uh, researchers uh, circles. <laughs> the Little Ranchers. I'll the tell Little you Ranchers. Yeah. Is there so, like a series of children books? So it, it could be. It also sounds like it could be a sweet Steven Spielberg movie if like Ooh. their lives didn't end so sadly. Or if they made Little Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> like smaller than they already are? I think yeah, like half size. <laughs> Whoa. Little Jolly Ranchers. Little Ranchers. I mean, they made mini M&Ms. <laughs> you know? I wouldn't put it past him. We'll see. Um, so... Um, I was actually listening to uh, the uh, last podcast on the left. They they do like um, uh, really good research, but the name that I heard from them was D Proctor. So I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries and I'm I see the Proctor neighbors, and I'm like, who the fuck is D Proctor? They don't mention him, and and um, so I was like, well, let's look up this motherfucker. Who is D Proctor? And and then I learned that there was also another person that's not spoken about in Unsolved Mysteries and in in the initial the initial story, uh, Vern Brazel, hmm. who was Mac Brazel's son. D. Proctor was the son of the uh, neighbors. So D. Proctor was seven, and 
um, Vern Brazel was eight years old in 1947. These two kids found the debris right along with Mac Brazel, probably even before him, because they would ride up ahead and always get lost. It drove Mac, drove Mac Brazel crazy, according to Loretta. Hmm. So these kids possibly found it before Mac Brazel even did. And um, apparently, like, it's, it's so uh, – there, like, there was, like, one guy who was able to confirm that one of, that one of the boys was there. And Loretta, you know, the, the story leaves them out of it because they were spooked. They, like, they were – the fear of God was put into these children. Oh, like, yeah, man. It's 78 yeah. years old? So, the, yeah, they're not, they're not mentioned um, in most accounts. Let me see. Mm-hmm. At seven or eight years old, you tell a seven or eight year old boy what? or girl, also, even if their parent, even if their dad's already gone, but you tell them we're going to take your daddy away. That's going to strike some fear into him. And and um, wow. another thing is D, who was uh, um, a little more adventurous, and Vern may have found a second site. They may have uh, apparently there's something that really fucking scared the shit out of them. That that even um, D Proctor's. Uh, that even the um, D never even told his mom. Apparently, in 1994, as an you know way grown man, D took his mother to this area and said like and said uh, something something along the lines of like you should have seen what uh, Mac found here. And apparently, there was something that like was left out besides the debris, away from the debris that really scared the shit out of these kids. Bodies. And when they possibly and when they were debriefed, this kid. Um, these kids were like they had really fucking sad lives. Like they they were fucking scared. I guess you know. So basically, wait, let's see. Yeah, okay. So D. Proctor was known to literally run away from people asking him about Roswell. Oh shit. Um, there's wow. a, there's a story about his mom having uh, he's he's eating lunch in the kitchen at his mom's house. He's a grown adult. He visits his mom all the time. And he hears Loretta and a friend talking about Roswell, to the and they hear the door close and he left out the back door. He didn't and he didn't pick up his dishes, which apparently was very odd. He was very respectful <laughs> when he was at his mother's house, and apparently he he had been approached by UFO researchers and literally would like walk away, like just turn around and about yeah face. yeah just straight up yeah. Uh, Vern Brazel apparently son of Mac. Apparently changed his name as soon as he could legally leave his parents' house. He did so. He got the hell out of there. Um, I think somebody f- – they found accounts of him um, in the Navy or something like that, and he killed himself in his 20s. Holy shit. Yeah. He committed suicide. They were able to prove that he did die in his 20s, um, but, like, I don't know. The the website – I wish I had the name of this website. I'll probably put it in the, uh, in the head- heading of the uh, – I'll put it in the description because I want to give him credit. He pretty much said that, like, uh, he felt like shit, like, looking up all the stuff that Loretta was telling him about about uh, Vern and stuff. Like, like he, he, he felt like shit. He felt like shit back tr- um, fact-checking. Wait, which son, which son was this? This is Vern Brazel. Oh, Vern okay. Brazel killed himself in his 20s. And wow. And he tried – he got out of there as soon as he can. He never talked to anybody about it. D. Proctor um, – he stuck around the area. Um, yeah, like his mom said that his mom said they put the fear of God in him and he was totally scared. And like I said, you know, he would run away from situations. And he actually, um, he was like, he died super obese, really fat. In 2006, he died at the age of 66. He had a heart attack driving to Rio. Yeah. So, 
that's really young. Yeah, he had a heart attack on his way driving to Rio Doso, and oh, man. and he apparently he was just he was a really bad alcoholic. Apparently, never drunk in front of his mother, but he was a bad alcoholic, and the shit pretty much. I guess you know they say that it, that it, it scarred him. And, uh, yeah, so these kids had really sad lives. The little ranchers, these two kids that probably were there discovering, like, you know, possibly the answer to are we alone in the universe? Who knows? Um, And, yeah, they were just fucking, I don't know. It could have been a a mixture of what they saw that was not reported and how the government, you know, how they were, like, scared for their lives. Yeah, how the government treated them. Yeah, who knows? And also, I I don't want to, like, you know, I got this from a website, so. You know, who knows? I I don't know if any of this is oh, true. it's from the internet. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> well, if it's on the internet, it has to be true. It's gotta yeah, they be can't true. lie on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, is really, it is really sad. It's like a sad, like, bummer ending. But that's that. that's interesting. Fucking... I didn't realize. I mean, They kept really? their kids out of the, uh, the story. Like, they, for, yeah. you know, that was the first, you know, like, even the initial thing was, you know, with the cooperation of a farmhand. They discovered a UFO, like, even before the, uh, you know, flying saucer, before they said it was a weather balloon again. Wow. Um, so another thing that I talked about earlier, but I think it's kind of a, 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 a neat theory, is that aliens only decided to show up once we decided that we could probably were blowing each other up with nuclear bombs. The first nuclear test was in uh, Roswell, right? Or was it Alamogordo? Uh, Los Alamos. So it was like the nuclear same. Nuclear test facility. So there was like the in same the area. Yeah, it was the same hmm. general area. So that's a that's a thing people think that like we maybe we weren't uh they're not hostile, they're just they're like Keeping scared for out. us. They're like they're like, "Hey, I think these guys might be blowing themselves up. Maybe we need to see what they're doing if they have like nuclear." And then and then um some people might s- these idiots might be dumb enough to destroy a world that is very very rare in the galaxy. Yeah, and also let's keep an eye on them. This this uh, 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 Dan and I watched this uh, Netflix documentary called Unacknowledged, hmm. and this guy even said that I, I thought it was a pretty interesting theory. Um, was if you believe in the multi universe theory, may, maybe we've done incomprehensible damage already to another dimension with our nuclear tests ooh, or whatever. Ooh, that's a oh, that's crazy. Wow. That's deep. <laughs> Holy shit. We we may have already destroyed Who said this? other dimensions. Who said this? I don't well it's just Was it on that show? It, it was it was it was like some yeah, some science. He just said if you believe in the multi-universe theory, that's crazy. we could have already that's a crazy theory. done dimensional universe. Irrehensible damage. Irre- irreparable. So like in another universe, <laughs> like the aliens might not they don't they irreparable. Might, they don't. They don't fuck with us because of a bad breakup. Maybe. Yeah, we could have caused yeah. irreparable damage. An intergalactic damage. breakup. I figured out the words. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, an intergalactic breakup. Wow. Who knows? <laughs> so, Damn. But um, you know, yeah. I mean, there. You know, you you can see maps of like, oh yeah, look at all the alien activity or sightings, and then nuclear test facilities or just places that have nuclear missiles and shit like that. Yeah, yeah they're most found during like. Uh, like nuclear power plants or test facilities or silos, hmm. and then laboratories. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean it's just another little theory in that fun little hmm part of your belly that's like warm and kind of creeps you out a little bit, but you like it. Yeah, 
Mm. <laughs> tickles your pee pee. Yeah, it tickles. It just tickles the tip a little. <laughs> it and you're just like, tickles your pee pee in like a spooky way, not in like a, a sexual way. way. Not in a sexual way at all. No. <laughs> Sometimes you get freaked out, <laughs> and you feel a tingle. Um. Also, the aliens could have just crashed one time during Roswell, and we're just, uh, you know. Fucking making using that technology and making our own UFOs and shit like that, and it's you know it's like the plot of the X Files, but you know it's also a very well known conspiracy theory that um, it's man made. The whole alien, you know, it's uh, misinformation creeping people out, maybe making people think that there's uh, people you know coming creeping in at night, and it's just humans. They make. They they make alien ships, and it's just a man-made conspiracy for who knows what reason. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that conspiracy. You though. never heard of? Yeah, uh, I never heard uh, of that. Either. I don't it's like called, it. No, it's called Alien. What is it? A V Alien. I think it's called like ATV Alien Terrestrial Vehicles. Yeah, if like I remember correctly. It, it, ATVs, it's, eh? No, it's yeah. basically yeah. It's basically. <laughs> It's like Dude, it's, I saw those in an episode of Save of the Bell once. No, it's like it's like we back engineer the technology. Reverse engineer the yeah. uh, flying saucers and stuff like that. And oh, I'm sure oh, we can totally make a developed uh, self propulsion that uses negative space as energy, hmm. based on Tesla's theory and all this other crazy. And shit. And what you do is we keep the fucking people scared by going around and you know people see these crafts and they're like, what the fuck. And maybe even knock some people out and uh, make them re- just forget two days. And then whatever dreams may come, oh, there man. you go. <laughs> Psychological warfare. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> That's terrifying, right? That's fucking it's scary. It's just humans. I got to ask I don't want to be on this podcast right now. <laughs> How does this play into the episode in season one where we talked about people losing their memory? Oh, possibly getting abducted. There you go. That could be. That could be. Um, just like okay. For instance, the first guy. It happens at an army base, right? What's right, his name? Right. I forget his name. But so they knock him out, and um, maybe maybe they do like maybe there is a craft, or maybe there's not a craft. Maybe they just fly something by. So he he sees that in like in a, a a foggy, barely unconscious state, because remember when they they give him his like. His therapy, they go and give him the, what do they call it? Yeah, yeah. Therapy. yeah um, the hypnosis. And he hypnosis. just tells a story about him walking onto a fucking UFO. And it's UFO. like, maybe that wasn't real. Hey, but it Larry. was just his imagination. <laughs> Here for the anal probe again. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty casual. He's like, there were some people sitting over there on that side, some people sitting over there on that side. <laughs> and they stuck this big anal probe up my ass. Can we Can we? Just for the record, the... I, I'm not a subscriber to any of these conspiracy theories, but I, I just I love them. Well, what do you think? I love them. Can, can we think? use a 14-gauge probe this time? The uh, double zero was a little rough. <laughs> I think... I think uh, a 14-gauge is like a needle. <laughs> I don't know. I Fourteen gauge. That's really know. small. That's like a. That's like a lip ring. That's a lip ring. Uh, <laughs> a I wouldn't bit, want a lip ring a up my ass. My yeah. God forbid you cough. What were you gonna say? What <laughs> do you believe in? Fuck it, What do I believe? What in? do you believe? I don't know. What do you think? I think there's there's aliens, and I think that we don't know everything. <laughs> but I, 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 don't, I yeah yeah I I subscribe to that. I think that there's aliens. I don't I don't think we know everything. <laughs> 
I think that we're not that was, alone. Thanks for agreeing with my super <laughs> my super vague sentence. No, but I, I 100% agree with your super vague sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, put it in your own damn words, Eli. <laughs> Jesus. Dan, what do you think? Well, if you would consider yourself like a man of science and not a person of superstition, ultimately you would have to believe that there's some type of other life form out there. We there can't has be the to be. Only sick, significant it's super being. ignorant. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Very it's super ignorant. selfish and like, and it's super self indulgent to think that, yeah, we're the only. Yeah, it's just like the Earth is here for us, and we can plug in our mics and, and talk about it. And it's it's it's, it's, it's kind of there's no <laughs> way to bullshit really, people. We're bullshit. Yep. There's no way to really debunk it because I mean the research we're doing now with like telescopes and shit like that, we're we're looking in the past essentially. Like what we see tonight in the stars is light from. Billions and billions of years ago. Yep. So what we're seeing now could necessarily no longer exist in reality. Hmm. Even us true. right now, maybe we burned out a long time ago. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. In theory, we could we could seriously be just you know so a it's fragment a, of time and it's a slow burn. Everything just slowed yeah. down in my mm. apartment or my my uh, <laughs> living room. Really? There's someone in the window behind you. Oh God! Don't, Dude, don't say don't that. Don't like say that. that. Corey, don't even play like that because my daughter one time was <laughs> hanging out behind you the that? curtains nope. right there. Dude, okay. she straight up three men and a baby dust. <laughs> you, should take a, you should take a picture. Well, I don't want to take a picture of your home and post it on the internet, but you should show, you should draw a picture of how your setup is so that way you can show your listeners. Uh, no, you can. It's very spooky for, the, for us. I don't know how you guys do it week in and week out. I make him record during the day. It's uh, we too try spooky. not we try not to pay it's attention. It's too spooky. To the, uh, look at that look at that a uh, high um, chair right there. Uh. <laughs> um so so yeah, I don't know. You guys have anything to add to Roswell? Uh, uh I I really want to go. I really want to go and get a three foot inflatable alien. Yeah. Uh, dude, you go down to Spencer Gifts at the mall and pick one of those. Spencer things. Gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not from Roswell. <laughs> All your alien gear you can pick up at Spencer's. Hey, I'll, I'll be there Circa in March. like 2000. Dude, I used, to have, I used to have like, I used to have alien, like a necklace with a little alien. <laughs> I was like, a have great... you ever been to Roswell? No. No, it's, I mean, I've never, I've never, like I said, I've driven by my, like four times. My favorite. Once, s- only stopped once to buy like beer. I'm upset that Jocelyn couldn't. She alien. she went to bed. I'm upset that she couldn't expound more on. She's actually went to the museum. I've never been to the museum. I mean, I, I've seen pictures of people at the museum, and it looks like it's at someone's house. Like someone like <laughs> did it at their house. <laughs> but oh, I yeah. don't know much about. Oh, museums. actually, one more thing I wanted to say about Deep Proctor is um, apparently in a conversation with uh, Loretta. I think this is maybe. Even after she died, I know that she outlived her her had a son. Conversation after with after um, she died. Um, she no no after D died. Oh. That that um, she said like some one little brat might have stolen some of the memory metal from the site. Oh. So that might have been another reason why he was kind of like freaked out and scared for his whole life because the memory metal is like what they show in the episode where like he like squeezes like the Crunchy. little piece yeah. of tin foil and it and like yeah. goes right back. By the way, it was just that that was totally done. Backwards, it was just like oh, I was. Really? You know what? I tell you what. Oh I, man, you're I like a regular your... Oliver Stone figuring <laughs> yeah, out those <laughs> camera tricks like that. Skills, Easy aren't you? now. Oh, we're Easy be now. Holy shit! Hey, you're be, finally becoming a true detective, Mister be Beyond the don't Magic. Be that was me. We all know that I'm the worst detective in this podcast. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. No, you're beautiful. <laughs> you're flawless. <laughs> Did we discover that we are not alone on 
July 2nd, 1947? I, I, or the week so. of July 2nd, 1947? I what don't think so. I, yeah. don't th- I, I think so. I mean, it definitely put the city of Roswell on the map. <laughs> definitely. There's a McDonald's shaped like a alien thing. If, yeah. Right? Yep. At the I end of the street. <laughs> I want to get chicken nuggets. Can I get extraterrestrial chicken nuggets? Get extraterrestrial sauce. They're green. Get extraterrestrial sauce. Can I get space nuggets? Oh, man. Um, I want to get abducted by aliens, though. What about you? No, you don't. Mm. Dan. Dan, Dan, don't being, say that. I wouldn't mind being diddled by aliens. But then again, I don't know. I fucking know, man. You like things I don't want to see. You know what? I just don't want to. I don't want to be weird. I don't want it to be in a like. I don't want. I I don't want it to happen to me. And then I'm just weird from now on. Like I change. You you mean you want them to call you the next day? (laughs) No, not between me and the aliens. They like me with people. I got abducted. I got. I I, take me. Are you experiencing any lapses in time? Don't you don't want them to. Take yeah. you and then probe you and then not call you. Yeah, that <laughs> relationship with the aliens is going to be rocky. Listen, you know, listen, listen. You got to expect that. That's you know, not what I he's hear talking long, about. Long, uh, long distance relationships don't work very well. Are they going to swipe left or right on Tinder? Well, they're going to fucking swipe me up. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> they're going to swipe me up. I don't really. Uh, I mean, like I'm saying when I say I don't want to be weird is I mean I don't want to come back and just yeah. Be like and he's super just like, paranoid. He's just like the weird guy who got abducted by aliens. Get and abducted then, yeah. and then become a tinfoil hat guy. Yeah. Like the guy, the near dark guy? Yeah. Yeah. What's that guy's name? I just don't want to suck any more than I already do. Like, I'm pushing the boundary of suck. <laughs> the older I that get. That Corey was like. We weren't going to say that anything. That Corey was like but... barely not sucky, but ever since he got like <laughs> abducted by aliens, totally. He really sucked. Totally he jumped that sucky back. He almost totally him. sucked. And he... then, and then the, the fucking little green man diddled him. and He totally jumped the sucky line and more, actually. Yeah. <laughs> a little over the sucky line. Whatever, man. I just don't want to um, be fucking weird. I yeah. don't want to be weirder. <laughs> All right. Noted. Don't abduct Corey because he doesn't want to be uh, weird or more socially awkward. Awkward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you do abduct him, just you know, make sure it's very consensual you make sure you have put me affirmative action to gander at his butthole put me take him take him out for dinner put me back the way you fucking found me call him back call him the day mind after. body and soul that's all i'm saying put me back the way take you me for found a ride me. but just put me back the way you found me oh man <laughs> there's been a lot of fun a lot of uh abductions actually there's been uh, the roswell story doesn't have many abductions but there are no abductions yeah unless you talk about what i was saying before you know us making them flying saucers and abducting mm. our own folks. Just, well, it's I happening. Did it on purpose. Proven fact. Proven fact. Did it on purpose. Well, hopefully, Corey, you'll get abducted and you can find out for us. Yeah. Hopefully. I'll let you know. Give us a call. Or take take some vidges. Or if I just start acting weird, maybe I got abducted by anything. Oh, <laughs> did it just happen? Yep. <laughs> and I'm back. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, um, as always, uh, thank you to my thank you to my very lovely special guest. Our thank you to our very lovely special guest, Corey J, for joining us for this uh, spooky, unexplained episode. Thank you, and I hope to be back for a fraud, oh, a fraud case. Really? Okay, <laughs> you start making demands, but there's going to be a dumb fraud one like ne- next week, probably, and you're going to sure. Be- Okay. Been to frauds. <laughs> All right. So first you wanted an alien. You got your alien. Now you want a good fraud. We'll, I want we'll, a good fraud. We'll, we'll get you a good fraud. And you know what? I want another shot at Lost Loves, please. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Find me an episode where we can wrap this all up. <laughs> a good Lost Loves. I, I don't know if that exists, but. What else um, was there? Frauds. Frauds.
what about a good what about a good like sweetheart swindler? Like a creep who just marries chicks and takes yeah. their money. I wanna do a missing one? <laughs> missing persons. Missing persons yeah, really missing good. Persons. I wanna do a good missing persons one. Yeah. Um, and and we don't mean any of these uh, tragic uh, things are good, but you know, but you get it. The juice. I want ones the with juice. I want the lemons with the juice. <laughs> yeah. And when you say juice, you want like a juicy story or juice as in like really bad reenactment. Or like like the juice, like we just talk about OJ Simpson. Yeah. yeah. Next time when you guys do the OJ case on this show, let me know. You know they do cover that. Do they really? This is deja vu. This is deja vu. I just had deja vu. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks, Corey. Hey, um, thanks. Dude. As always, thanks, um, thanks, Eli. Uh, tw- uh, we're all on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Davey Howe, D A V Y H O W. Road underscore Dan. Big Bad Vinyl Dan. And uh, we're at the Stack Pack on all those things, too. Um, for every mystery, there's somebody somewhere who knows the truth. And we hope that that someone is listening. And we hope that that someone is you. Um, have a lovely week and sayonara. They'll tag me in a. They'll tag me in a post. I'll still have you stop. <laughs> <laughs> they'll tag me in a post. <laughs>